What is the mental equivalent to you are what you eat? When you need your brain to crank out a big idea on demand, you have to feed it right. And you need to be good at breaking down and converting intellectual nutrients into great proposals. This takes feeding it right every day. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hey, thanks for joining me on your break. I'm always looking for ways to get more sales easier. Turning your break into a coaching break is a great way for me to help you get more sales easier, too. In sales, we need lots of great ideas, not just the idea itself. We need a great reaction to our ideas. Reactions salespeople get come from the way we frame our idea into a story and then tell that story in the right way. If it's a big idea for an email, it gets your customer's attention. If it's a proposal idea, it gets the customer to react like they just received the perfect birthday gift. How did you know? That's exactly what I wanted. That's a high bar for each great idea. And we, that's me and my team, need at least one idea like that each week. The problem we set out to solve was, how can we keep projects moving when we don't yet have our central idea? We developed 10 work habits that combined provide us a process for getting to ideas quickly and momentum to complete our best ideas within our deadline. If you sit down to write a book or a movie, you may in fact need years of waiting for the creative muses to lead you through brainstorming and endless rewrites. But salespeople don't have time for muses. We have deadlines. That is why sales creativity is the subject of today's coaching session. Today, I will share our creative process with you so you can develop better ideas faster. Our process is to follow 10 simple work habits. Then, I'll summarize and give you four takeaway actions you can do this week to get your creative juices flowing. And we'll wrap up the whole thing in about 15 minutes. Does that work for you? As always, let's begin the discussion with today's question. How do you come up with a big idea when you need one? The short answer is, if you want to grow a flower, first develop the garden soil. If you want a great idea to bloom, first gain creative momentum, which you can do by changing your work habits and creative process. My creative process mirrors the process I learned as a frequent flyer with four million air miles who never had to sleep in any airport and always got a hotel room, no matter how many people said, all the hotels are sold out. How did I do it? I keep moving. Even if I have to fly to a different airport, moving beats waiting. It creates traveling momentum. My process was also influenced by the way the Beatles worked which is well described in a book called Here, There, and Everywhere. Paul McCartney and John Lennon could write songs in less than a day, but the group might need two or three months to produce it into a record. 
Often, they only had one part and were missing the middle. In the Abbey Road album, just before Paul sings, Woke up, got out of bed, dragged a comb across my head, we hear an alarm clock. That alarm clock was actually part of their placeholder. They set an alarm clock to ring following the number of measures they needed to fill. It was the first track they laid down. Then they replaced most of it with music they later wrote. They left the alarm sound in the final record because it happened to fit the narrative of the song. These lessons taught me you can create momentum even before you think of the good idea, and momentum, created even before you start, gets you to the great idea faster. What I want to share with you today is the 10 work habits that create that momentum. The first is schedule all of your brainstorming sessions, especially the first meeting to brainstorm, literally setting the date in your calendar or diary. If you have a team, invite them too. Right away, you're breaking down the big problem of coming up with a great idea by first solving an easier problem. When are you going to sit down and start working on this? Scheduling forces you to do three things quickly. A. Figure out your timing for brainstorming and completion, all triangulated within your schedule, which, if it's like mine, is subject to last-minute changes. B. In picking the time, you're also picking the place. Where will you be at that moment? For example, I know from experience that it takes me 10 to 30 hours to write a new 30-minute speech. For that kind of time-focused, big-idea writing, I'll make my brainstorming appointment for when I'm flying on my next flight, especially if it's a long flight to Europe or Asia. Ironically, that appointment works because when I'm in a plane, I get few interruptions or distractions, which is usually not the case when I'm not traveling. It's the combination of the appointment with myself and the right setting that make the brainstorming session go so well. The third and most helpful benefit to scheduling brainstorming time, even if the appointment is only with yourself, is that it forces you to see this appointment every time you look at your calendar or diary, which, if you're like me with an ever-changing schedule, is a lot. And when you see that appointment, hopefully, you'll ask, what do I need to bring to the meeting? And hopefully, you conclude two things are needed. First, send yourself an invite. Second, Grab a pad or make a digital document on which you begin to collect ideas which you will bring to the meeting. You don't need to bring the perfect idea. You just need a starting point to a great brainstorming session, which is my second recommendation. Two, give yourself a starting point. Without a starting point, you end up looking at a blank piece of paper, which stops most people in their tracks. When thinking of a new idea, we tend to visualize what we need in a linear way. We think we need to nail down the title and then nail down the beginning, middle, and end in that order. The problem is we get stuck on the title and lose an hour or more thinking of a better one. Remember, the concept is to keep moving this project along even if you're only moving one small piece at a time. To keep from getting stuck, I find that it's much easier to react to something than it is to create something new. For that reason, I like to bring to my brainstorming session something, anything, 
that is close to what I need. Maybe an old proposal has one part that can be used. Even if all it gives me is the template, I just got an inch closer. Three, name your idea. But don't get hung up on coming up with the perfect title. Instead, start with a working title. For example, suppose you're writing a proposal for your service, which you believe will help the customer become more efficient and productive. The final name you come up with may take extra brainstorming, but to help you get there, start with a working title like the Efficiency Improving Plan for the Marketing Department, which is a terrible name to show your client, but an excellent name for drafting the document because it focuses you on the exact goal. Work habit number four. Anything you write gets longer unless you keep pruning away. When you find your drafts getting longer and longer, too many words, keep asking yourself, what am I really trying to say? If I only had one sentence, then what would I say? Work habit number five. Write and edit in separate steps. When you're in a writing flow, you don't want to stop. But when you do, start editing. Don't combine the two activities. Each uses a different half of your brain. And when you're editing, before fine-tuning any one sentence, separate each new thought into separate lines so you could see what you're saying, how many sentences are saying almost the same thing, and what is missing. For example, when you first begin writing, it's common to start to say something like, our service improves X. And before you finish typing, you've added improves X and Y. And then you add, for clarification, improves X and Y, which can benefit you. Then you can't help yourself. So you add, which can benefit companies like yours who face challenges like... Suddenly, your short sentence about X turned into a very long sentence about a variety of topics, features, benefits, and customer challenges all combined. Physically separate out each different topic so you could properly describe each in the fewest number of words. And now you're in a better position to consider work habit number six. Change the order. Change the impact of your story. The best part of taking your draft and creating separation between each different idea is that you can move the ideas around like Lego building blocks until you have them in the right order. Remember, your proposals and corporate overview presentations and online demos and walkthroughs of project plans are all stories. What's the best order to tell the story if you're looking to present a big idea? I discovered by accident that when I get stuck thinking of a new idea, I get back on track by first going off the track and reshuffling the order of my story. And like playing with Lego blocks, when I change the order enough, a new idea would emerge. For example, maybe you've always told your proposal story in this order. Your company, then features, benefits, proof story, and then price. Then you think, what if I began with the benefits? As you move benefits to the top of the page, you realize that benefits need a framing introduction to be properly appreciated. So, you think to add a brand new idea you never had before, to begin the proposal with the rationale for why you thought those benefits would be relevant and valuable to your customer. 
then go into the benefits. By the time you get to the features, now they'll seem so much more interesting because you changed the order. You visualize the customer's expression when you begin with your rationale instead of the features, and now you have the confidence in your brand new idea. In fact, you realize that any idea that follows the rationale part will seem more like a great big idea to the customer because the idea was properly framed. You will make those connections eventually, but rarely in one continuous writing session, which leads us to work habit number seven. Your brain is still working when you are not. When great ideas hit us, it's often when we were thinking of something else. For example, you take a break, take a walk, and when you get back to work, you suddenly thought of the answer. All ideas improve when the brain is given a chance to work while you switch your attention to something else. It's how our brain works. So let's take advantage of this by creating lots of separate writing sessions with enough separation between each to allow for creativity to come to us in this unexplainable way. It's not the total number of hours you work, but the number of separate sessions that lead to quality ideas in my view. So take breaks. I have faith that my brain will produce a better idea after I switch my focus. So I build in breaks deliberately, breaking my appointments with myself into two parts so I could take a break midway and return with an improved perspective. How do I know that is how the brain works? Because of work habit number eight. Keep learning. What is the mental equivalent to you are what you eat? When you need your brain to crank out a big idea on demand, you have to feed it right. And you need to be good at breaking down and converting intellectual nutrients into great proposals. This takes feeding it right every day. A lot of ideas that would be great for you and your customer actually began as an unrelated book or article or even an interview you heard which sits in your head for a day or a few weeks. And all of a sudden, these new ideas collide with old ones in your head and before you know it, something you saw in a movie inspires you to make a better presentation. Something you read in a novel gave you an idea for a better opening sentence. For this reason, I read a lot, hoping each book inspires me. And guess what? It does. Taking something you just read, or watched, and heard, and using it to inform and redirect something you do takes practice. Before you get good at that, we tend to be too selective about what we look to learn from. But with practice, you're now learning from everyone you talk to and everything you read. Now you're more likely to go from no idea to great idea faster, regardless of what kind of idea you need, because you have so much more in your head to work with. It's a skill you want to get good at. It's your competitive advantage as a sales professional. With that knowledge, you are cranking out ideas, some of them great, but many of them not exactly right for what you're working on today. So what do you do with the great parts you can't use today? Work habit number nine, save old ideas into a spare parts folder. I've talked about editing and shortening, all of which is extremely painful. Even if you know there are too many words on a slide, it's hard to edit out any word once you think you said something clever. Cutting out a paragraph can feel like cutting off your arm, which leads to getting stuck with a wordy document. 
I've removed the sting of word surgery editing by adding a separate section to the end of every document I produce. I call it spare parts. In that section, I drop in my best lines that are great and clever, but suddenly not needed. I find it much easier to edit out lines because I'm not losing them. And going through those spare parts is a great way to give yourself a great starting point for your next big idea project. And finally, work habit number 10. Creative momentum follows creative process. None of these ideas individually will produce a great big creative idea. But you build a creative culture when you adopt all of these work habits. Working in a creative culture is what leads to thinking of new ideas, the necessary first step of creating momentum. Let's summarize. Sellers need more than one great idea. They need lots of creative ideas each week. While you can't force one creative idea, you can create momentum by adopting the right work habits. Here are four actions you could take this week to build your creative momentum. 1. Schedule the brainstorming appointment, which professional marketers call ideation sessions. 2. Save your spare parts into one easily found folder so you can easily find the best starting point for new ideas you need. 3. If you brainstorm with a team, change your work culture one person at a time. This week, practice reacting to negative comments with encouragement rather than defensiveness. Remember, you need their advice more than they need your hostility. And 4. Keep the momentum going by scheduling next week's coaching session. Next week, we'll discuss how to be your own sales coach and cheerleader. Your manager can only help you get so far. You have to take yourself the rest of the way. Until then, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Thanks for sharing your break with me. Please check out our training specials for individuals and teams on our website, dmtraining.net. Also, Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Send an email or email to steve at dmtraining.net if I can help you and your team make more sales easier. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.